may be seated. It is good to see you here this morning. Isn't it awesome to know that we are free in Christ? We are free in Christ. Our verse this week, and I hope that you are memorizing Scripture. It's part of it, is to bury the Word of God deep in your heart so that when opportunities come or when life happens, you don't have to, you don't have to run looking for a copy of God's Word. You have God's Word buried in your heart. This morning, go with me over. We're going to be in several verses today. It's going to be I told the guys not even to put a title up there. It's going to be a smorgasbord. A bunch of sermons possibly in one. Or it may just be one. Who in the world knows? Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. I was looking back. Actually, go to verse 3. 13, we won't do 13. Verse 3, I was looking back. Uh, first sermon I preached. Remember the uh, empty morning? The empty morning, it was just me and a praise team. First sermon here, I I went back and looked, I was in 3 through, I think, 9 or so. But verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, Before Christ rescued us, before He came, and found us. You know, one of the things that, if we're not careful, we, get, we mess theology up a lot. We mess the truth of God's Word up. We say things like, I, before, you know, uh, we talk about our, what we did when we saved ourselves. Not that we saved ourselves, but we looked at God and we, we just decided to trust God or we decided to do that. No, He rescued us. We were, in a, we were in a hopeless place before Christ found us. To be sitting in this room right now is an honor. Not because of anything that makes us special. To, to know Christ as your Lord and Savior is, is the most amazing, most unbelievable something that a person can possibly have. Is a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the God of this universe. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then there's going to be a judgment, and it doesn't matter what you think about God, what you think about religion, what you think about organized religion. It doesn't, none of that matters. What matters is what somebody does with this man, Jesus. Is he the Christ or is he not the Christ? People. People toy with it, they, they have a lot of knowledge of it, they have a lot of mental, they, they mentally agree with, yes, I believe Jesus was good, yes, I believe He was virgin born, yes, I, I can read that, and yeah, that's what the Bible says, I, I, I see that, but I'm not going to let it change me, I'm not going to let it affect me. I mean, I know a lot of stuff, I'm, I'm also really good at math. I'm also, I'm also, I'm a history buff. I know a lot about Jesus. I know a lot about the Word. I, I, I've got so much of God's Word memorized. Such a dangerous place. Such a dangerous situation. To know so much. You know, the Bible says the demons know also. They shudder. They're scared to death of Him. All through Scripture, Jesus is walking on the earth and they, they're, they're constantly screaming at Him. Have you come? To torment us before the time. I know who you are. They're constantly saying, I know who you are. The demons know who Jesus are, but they're not going to listen to Him. There's so many people that know who Jesus is, but they're not going to listen to Him. They, they, they know 
um, they they like the idea of Jesus. They like the 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 feeling of this socialness that we have. I mean, to be able to come together and play and enjoy and fellowship and to walk up into a room and have all these friends is like wow. That's not salvation. Salvation is a change. Salvation is a work of God. Salvation is a mystery. Salvation is something that God does in the, in the heart of a human being. He rescues us. He, he finds us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us. We miss that. According to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. It was nothing we did. Was nothing we could do. It's nothing. Salvation is nothing that a person can do. It is a complete and total work of God. Salvation is His story. Go over with me. Look at, look at uh, Colossians. Memorize that verse. Memorize that one. Here's one you've already got memorized. Colossians chapter one, verse thirteen. Well, He rescued us. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. Think about that verse. Think about what that is saying. For He rescued us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. A domain of darkness. There's, there's no escaping a domain of darkness. We don't know how to escape. We don't, we don't have the ability to escape. We don't, it's, it's nothing that we can do in our own strength. So He has to come and rescue us. And He has to take us from one place. We sing the songs, we're free, free forever. We're free, yes, we're free because He rescued us and He made us His own because of, only because of what Jesus did. Our salvation, our, our hope, our purpose, our reason is only Jesus. And I get it. In a secular world at 100 miles an hour with so much, we've got resources, we've got stuff out the... I mean, we just got stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff, and we go shopping, guess what we buy? We need more stuff. In a world of excess, Jesus is extra. I remember preaching. I sold insurance for a stint back many, many, many years ago. For those of you that sell insurance, or those of you that's bought an insurance policy, you get a, they always, you, you buy it, and then they'll get in there, and they'll start selling you other things. They'll start selling you what's called riders. Riders. For many, Christianity, Jesus is just a rider. He's just an extra. He's, he's oh, I, I've got my fun, I've got my social life, I've got my fun life, I've got my career life, I've got my private life, and you're telling me Jesus is going to make everything better? Yeah, I'll take some of Him too. But uh, this, is, this is going to dictate my world, this is going to control my life, my career is most important, and my family is most important in my my, my private life, my social life, my free life. Can you imagine? Think about it. I work Monday through Friday. Saturday is mine. Sunday is mine. 
Because he's just a rider. He's just a rider. See the danger? The danger to mentally knowing him. Being able to mentally bury the word in your heart. Mentally agreeing. Yeah, I agree. Versus surrender. Surrender and you're all I got. Listen, yeah, I got family, but it's because of you. I got career, but it's because of you. I got life, but it's because of you. And really, if, when you take family, I've still got you're all I've got. When, when you take career, I've still got you. When, you. when you take my weekends, I've still got you because you're all that matters. I, I don't need all of this stuff. You're a preacher. That's preacher talk. That's what preachers think. Because you're a holy man. No, I'm not. I'm rescued from the domain of darkness. And transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I, I mean, I'm nothing special. I'm just a believer. I, I believe Jesus is Lord. He's my Lord. He's my hope. I'm not perfect. But I realize at the end of the day, all of this stuff is fleeting. Family and home and life is fleeting. It's all fleeting. Christ is all that remains. And when at the end of the day, Jesus is everything. Bible's true. What profits if you gain all this but lose Christ? You have nothing. For too many people, for many, many people, remember Jesus. Jesus had all those followers until he turned around and he started telling them truth. I don't even have anywhere to lay my head. You've got to be willing to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Many said many turned and followed him no more. They liked the social part of it. Church today, it's, 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 we've got the social part of it. And I say church because, you know, one of the hardest things... Put up the title that we were going to put up. And I said, I, I leaned over to him while you were doing your last little run of that last little song. And I said that. And then I said, no, let's just. And then what did I come tell you? I said, don't put it up. So take it back off. Y'all see it? Now take it back off. That's what's in the back of my mind is the church. But the church in the world today, it's such a, it's such a, a gray thing. Because we got these buildings and we got these expensive things that go on and, and everything ex- is an expense. And we run this church like we run a corporation. We run, I'm a CEO and I've got, a, I've got these little helper minions. They're just minions. They're just helper minions. I think about the movie our camp went and watched. They're just helper minions. And in the eyes of many, in the eyes of many in this room, I'm, a, I'm, a to- I'm the talking helper minion. I'm the good talking Good looking. I got the microphone so I can say that right now. I'm the good looking, talking, helping minion of this club. That's not a church. Go to 1 Corinthians. That's not what a church is. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I can't water this down. I, get, I, I said that last week when we were over in James 
one, consider it all joy when you face various trials. And I've talked regularly, and I just stood there, and the Spirit just hit me. Look, you, I can't make this lesser. Guys, I can't make this lesser. Verse 2, chapter 1, 1 Corinthians verse chapter 1, verse 2 says, To the church of God which is at Corinth. Okay? That's who the letter is written to. And now, here is a definition of the church. To the church of God which is at Corinth. To the building located at the corner of this block and this block that's this many paces to the left and this many places to the right. Does it say that? You're not even reading the Bible. That ain't what it says. It says this. To the church of God which is at Corinth. To those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. What's the word sanctified? Sanctified is to set apart. Sprinkled with his blood. Made right. Rescued from the domain of darkness. Transferred to the, to the kingdom of him. His great mercy. He, he, he found us. He made us. He is. We, we've, we we're sanctified. We're set out of one place and into another place. To those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. Saints by calling. We are called out sons and daughters. We are called as a Christian. It's a call of the Spirit of God. Not a mentally agreement. You don't mentally agree. Yeah, that's true. But so is two plus two is four. That's true too. Do you believe that Jesus is God's son? Yeah, I believe that Jesus is God's son. Two plus two is four. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? Yes, I believe Jesus died on the cross. Five plus five is ten. Do you believe that he's born and that he rose again. I believe all that stuff. I've heard it since I was a kid. I got it memorized. I can stand up there and finish the verses for you, preacher. I know that stuff. But I also know two times two is four. And six times six is thirty-six and four divided by two is two. I know a lot of stuff. See the danger? To the church, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling. You know, they, there's, a, there's a conversation Jesus has with his disciples about wheat and tares. I preached a sermon many, many, many years ago, and I had the congregation, it was called Tares in the Church Pews. And I, I walked them all in, and that morning, I'm like, guys, we got a problem. And you know how I do in my fashion. I build it all up. We, we got a problem. Things are going on. and It's been reported. Some guys told me there's a bunch of tears in the pews, and we got to find them. And I got folks, they went around looking, and they, they looked around. And there wasn't one tear that they saw. Tears and wheat grow up and it looks the same. It's only at maturity. It's only at time of picking do you see the difference. Tear stands up big and tall. Wheat humbles himself down before the one who rescued him from a domain of darkness and transferred him into the kingdom 
of God. Tears in the church pews. Tears in the church pews. Where are they, preacher? I don't see them. They all look like wheat to me. They all look like wheat to me. They all, they all, what's John 3, 16? And in unison, they quote it. In the beginning, and in unison, they finished the sentence. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and in unison, they continue to go with the 66 books of the Bible. They know the 23rd Psalm. They know the Beatitudes. They've got the Roman road backwards and forwards. Who, who does tares do? Because they look just like wheat. See, the church is hard. It's, it's, it's hard to differentiate. Bible says, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says work out, this, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It is not to be taken lightly. It is not just a, it is a, it is a terrible, terrible thing to be in the hands of an angry God. Saints by calling, with all whom in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord, their Lord and ours. Why does a person call on Jesus? Devils, demons know Jesus. They won't submit. They won't surrender. They won't listen to. This. Um, the church. The church. The church. Chapel Hill Baptist Church has been asked. Today is the final day. Final day. You don't bring it tomorrow and say, here's mine. No, today's it. Right outside the bill, right outside the foyer. Over there on the right is deacon ballot election things. You just fill out the back, right? Read what the instructions say. Write, all, write, write what the Holy Spirit tells you to write on the back. Read the instructions and read the back. Read the instructions. That's, that's a church thing. We as the church, we as believers, I want you to, I want you to go with me over to Acts chapter 6. Not to be taken lightly. So many things we, we, we take lightly. It's not to be taken lightly. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Church, July the 18th, 2021. The Bible says, Therefore, brethren, select from among you men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may be put in charge of this task. If you look over at verse 8, it says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, he was chosen, was performing great wonders, great wonders and signs among the people. Look at verse 10, it says, The Bible says the, the, the learned, the most learned, verse 10, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Philip was elected. Philip, we know, goes and preaches. Look at chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. And crowds 
The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip, and as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing, powerful, powerful things. Go over with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 15 says this, But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. No other entity on the face of the planet is the support and pillar of truth. No one else. No government. That's not talking about government. That's not talking about anything. That's talking about the body of Christ. Those that have been rescued from darkness and transferred to the domain of Jesus. Those who have come from death to life. Who have received the, the Holy Spirit as a promise. As a promise. Go, go back over. Go back over to uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter says this. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, we have hope in Christ. Verse 4, we have a future in Christ to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. For who? Those who have been born again, those who have been transferred from the domain of darkness and put in God's kingdom, those who, by God's mercy, He he rescued us by His power, by His grace, by His mercy, and He holds us. Verse 5, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What a privilege. Guys, we don't just have hope, we have a future in Christ. And there's times on this, on this journey, there's times on this path, we, we don't always feel, we don't always act it, we don't always... But the power of God, the promise of God is that He protects us, is that He wraps His arms around us, that He's given us His Spirit inside of us to lead us, to direct us. Go back over to First Timothy. Deacon elections today. Deacon election is today. I sat there this past week and I, I wrestled with so many things. I wrestled with 1 Peter. Actually, 1 Peter 1 is where I was all week long. 1 Peter 1, this morning's sermon should be coming from 13, 14, 15, and 16, but it's not because God said no. Because we have deacon election today. And... I don't know what that means to you at Chapel Hill. For me, it's always been a serious matter. For me, it, it will be a serious matter. Deacon election is, a, is, a, is an important thing. Why? Because these are men who God uses the body of Christ to pick out from among you men full of the Spirit and truth and powered by wisdom. I'm going to read you. What this says, you know, deacon qualifications, you can read them, you can read them over in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 8, and you say, Brother Shannon, why are you wasting a sermon? I got 11 minutes. 
Why are you wasting a morning rambling? Why are you wasting a morning rambling? That ain't preaching. Paid minion. Preach. Verse 8 says this. The Bible says deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife, and of good managers of their children in their own household. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. A man of honest and good report. That's a good reputation among those in the church as well as those outside the church. It's the paper you pick up. This is one of them. I picked up a paper and I just ripped the back off and threw it away and here's the rest of it. Full of the Holy Spirit, seeks to obey the Spirit's leading and displays the fruit of the Spirit. Full of wisdom, the ability to apply one's faith to life situations. We talked about wisdom, remember? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously, liberally, and without reproach. Full of faith. Faith is the guiding of his life. Grave. He's respected. His words carry weight. Not double-tongued. You know what double-tongued? Right here it says, uh, right here it's interesting. I was reading this actually earlier. I've read it, but then it like hit me this morning. Dependable and responsible to control his, control, in his control of his tongue. And I'm thinking to myself, that's one view of it. But I also see double-tongued as he'll say one thing to your face and go out and tell everybody else something totally different. He'll tell you what you need to hear, and then he'll say what else when he needs to say something else. He'll just say what he needs to say when he needs to say it, because that's what double-tongueness is. I mean, not a user of alcoholic beverages. Not, I'll read it. Not given to drinking. You know, and in our culture today, oh, but you can drink a little bit. You can drink a little bit. It's okay to drink a little bit. Preacher, preacher, now you don't drink because you may mess somebody up. But we can drink because this is our thing. It's not a game. It's absolutely not a game. See, and that's the, the issue, and I, and I always feel so heavy. I always feel such a, such a burden around this time of year. Because it's such a huge responsibility that the body of Christ is given. And who's the body of Christ by biblical definitions versus the world's acceptance? Biblical definition is pretty hardcore. And the world's acceptance is just, come on in. We're having a blast at Chapel Hill. Everybody ought to be a part of Chapel Hill. I want to be a part. 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 Who's Jesus? Jesus is Lord. But is he your Lord? Oh, yeah. No doubt. All day long. He is my Lord. All day long. Jesus is 
Church, we wonder why church is the way it is today. You know, I often hear as a pastor, I get asked lots of questions. I've been asked lots of questions over the years. Where do you think it went wrong, preacher? What do you think happened? How did we get so far away from this book? How did we get so far away from the clear teachings of that book? Well, we quit practicing church discipline because, oh, can you imagine that one? We quit, we quit holding the standard. We quit holding the standard of holiness that is clearly there. Go back with me. Go back with me over to 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 1, chapter 1, I keep saying that wrong. First Peter chapter 1, look at verse 15. But like the Holy One who called you, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Like the, but like the Holy One who called you, who called you from a domain of darkness and rescued you and delivered you to the domain of His beloved Son. The One who found you and gave you life. You, we, were, we were everyone destined for a devil's hell running headlong away from God. But His Spirit convicted us of our need of, of, of a Savior. The, the Spirit of God came and He found us and He brought us back and made us his own and when he makes us his own we're brand new we're we're not that person anymore that's not who we are we we can't he's not a writer he's not a i have all of these things and and i'll just uh, consult him occasionally no he says but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. I can't take that out of there. Yeah, but what about when I'm on the weekend and I'm relaxing and I'm just letting off some steam because the, the week was so hard. The Bible says be holy in all your behavior. It's a standard that many don't even want to follow. They love the socialness of it. But we took the accountability out of it somewhere moons and moons and moons ago. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to your former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. In your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy also in all your behavior because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Church, body of Christ, born again, rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred and dwelt with the Spirit of God. Select from among you men who are full of wisdom in the Spirit of God. You say, Lord God, show me who? Show me. And you listen. 
You should have been praying for weeks now. You, you listen to the Spirit of God. I want us to, we're not going to have an invitation this morning. We're going to pray. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for those men. We're going to pray for the deacon body at Chapel Hill Baptist Church. We're going to pray for the men that are going to be elected. We're going to, be, we're going to pray that the Spirit of God will use them in such a powerful and such a mighty way that He would bless them and lavish His grace on them. And that God's perfect will would be done. Because here's the deal. Go out there. If you're a member of Chapel Hill Baptist Church, go out there and get one of those double pieces of paper and go find you a nook or cranny or sit somewhere secret and don't go around and say, Casey, who are you voting for? Because he ain't God. I've been in churches to where they politic. If they're asking you for a vote, that's a hard issue. I've had them walk through church say, and passing out tiny little sheets of paper of here's the names. This is who we're voting for. This is who we're voting for. This is who we're voting for. If one of those people come to you and does that, or if you've had that, or that's, who, that's how the system... At, see, I don't know the system at Chapel Hill. If that's what's going on at Chapel Hill, y'all got more problems than you think. It ain't just... The loud mouth up here that just rambles. You let the Holy Spirit lead you. And you trust God. Let's pray. Father God, we as your sons and your daughters who have been rescued from a domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of your Son, God, it's by your grace and by your mercy alone. And we... God, we have nothing to bring to the table except a humble, humble servant's heart of saying, God in heaven, what do you want us to do? Who do you want us to vote for? Lord, as we look around this room, as we look around this body, as we look around Chapel Hill Baptist Church, God, I pray that you would show this body the men that are running well, that are full of the Spirit, that are full of wisdom, that are, that are being your hands and your feet at this very moment, God. They are your sons, and they're serving. God, I pray that you'd be with the men that will be uh, elected. We trust you with the process. We trust you with the election. We trust you with the men. We pray your blessings over them, over their families, over their homes. We pray you would protect them because we know Satan doesn't like them. He's going to do everything he can to disrupt them. He sure don't like me and he sure don't like this body. He sure don't like what we're trying to do. And we rebuke him in Jesus' name and he is defeated. He has no authority. You are defeated, Satan, in Jesus' name. God, help us to be holy in all of our behavior, to be holy in each aspect of it, our public life, our private life, our work life, our fun life, our whatever, whatever, little, whatever little compartment we got, you be Lord of. Let us walk in obedience and honor you in it. God, we are asking for wisdom. We are asking for direction. We are asking for your leadership. We are asking for your spirit to come and direct our lives. As God, we conduct 
really the business and the working and the, the process of the church. God, I love you. What a privilege. What a privilege. God, I'm, I'm unworthy. I'm so unworthy. All of us are unworthy. But God, to be able to handle your word, God, help us to be found faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.